Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I am good, thank you. How lovely is the sun? Like, I feel like it's a sunny week. It is, it is. I hope that everyone's wearing sunscreen because <laughs> I feel because like... Because if you haven't... No, but this sunny weather has kind of crept mm. up upon us and also mm. because it's not hot, people don't feel like... I mean, you should be wearing sunscreen all year round, but the sun is pretty, pretty intense at the moment mm. and yeah. the sky has been clear last week and I'm very worried that people are putting their skin at risk. Guys, if you have not listened, we have an SPF episode from season one and it will tell you why we should actually be wearing sunscreen all year round not just in the summer but yes (laughs) it actually is very strong sun weirdly but I'm not surprised because the sun always shows its face during the first week of Ramadan and onwards so at the end of Ramadan Mm. in like a month it'll be winter again don't worry about it (laughs) always what happens in case you didn't know you are listening to the Unpretty podcast where we explore perceptions of beauty through the lens of black and non-black people of color gee what's happening this week oh my god do you know what as we said last week the news Mm. is just relentless Mm. but when the news even turns on you it's Mm. quite horrendous Mm. this was brought to my attention by Susie Lau Mm. on Instagram but the cover of the Sunday Times this weekend featured mm-hmm. a horrific excerpt that was actually it was it ended up being taken out for the online version so someone realized it was offensive at some point after it was printed after it was printed so after how many eyes this piece had crossed before it ended up oh in print I'm gonna read it out and it's I'm gonna just say trigger warning to anyone mm. who is offended by this but mm. I think we have to actually verbalize things like this yeah. and just express the horror that this was printed in a broadsheet newspaper it's not even one of the red tops this is Mm. meant to be a respected newspaper so the piece was written by Christina Lamb and it is an ode to Prince Philip the Duke Mm. of Edinburgh who passed away two weeks ago and it says Prince Philip was the longest standing royal consort in British history an often crotchety figure offending people with gaffes about slitty eyes, even if secretly we rather enjoyed them. Like it says, shivers up my spine. Honestly. Shivers. It's... Honestly, I mean, I suppose you can just see from our reaction. There's just no, absolutely no words. Mm -mm. The use of the collective we, I'm like, who are you talking to? Who are you talking of? Because I'm not in that we. Yeah. A lot of people aren't in that we. But again, going back to the race report, which today I think it was um, officials from the United Nations said that the race report um, encouraged or legitimised white supremacy in the UK. So... (laughs) (laughs) I think, I mean, I saw it, thing is, I saw it last night as well um, when Susie Lau put it on her Instagram and I was reading it before I went to bed and I just read that slitty eyes comment and I just thought, not just, not just the slitty eyes, but the fact that um, we're able to write that someone is racially offensive off the back of what's just mm. happened with Harry and Meghan with the interview. It's wild that then we can, const- we're like, the UK isn't racist, the UK isn't racist, we love all people. And then... Like a matter of weeks, 
you can print something in a national newspaper and it's been through a copywriter, it's been through a publisher, it's been through print. There's people that read that and, and okayed it and it made it to print for someone to point it out. And then you can come back and say the UK isn't racist. It's just um, it's super disappointing more than anything. Disappointing is is the word, I think. On oh positive news, should we do positivity? Let's go for positivity. Positivity is that Bookie Bakra, I'd like to say her name right, right? Bakra, I'm hoping that's yeah. right. She won the EE Rising Star Award and her speech, I think I watched it like three times, was so beautiful, so well-deserved. If anyone hasn't seen Rocks, it is uh, a gem of a movie. Um, mm-hmm. But she totally deserved it and it just, you know... I don't know. I actually went on her Instagram to find her and I love that she wasn't really on the gram either. There's something about that that made me really happy that she wasn't like... Yeah, she's uh, like quite new on the gram, I think. She's Yeah, she's new on the gram. She doesn't really post. She doesn't really care. She's just doing her craft and she's young. Like, I don't actually know how old mm-hmm. she is, but she's not... She's she's a youngster. So to win an award like that, so well-deserved and it was so lovely to just watch and see her happiness and her mum's happiness when she jumped in front of the screen, like all the screaming that happened. So there is positivity. It's nice that, um, yeah, she's 19. To win an award like that at 19 is just so, so lovely. So yeah, that's a positive thing that's happened this week. It is. And I have to say, actually, her co-star, Kosa Ali, mm. looked that McQueen look. <laughs> I know that we don't talk about fashions on here, but it was it was the whole curation. So ethereal. I, I'd loved, I actually loved the red carpet this year. And I don't normally pay a huge amount of attention to that yeah it was lovely those girls looked amazing moving on to this episode chi this week we're talking about grills and golden teeth and caps and everything it compromises um with some beautiful amazing very funny guests um so yeah i'm excited about this episode i'm excited for you guys to hear it i think the best thing about this episode actually is that out of all of the episodes that we have done, this is the one that I came in completely blind, completely <laughs> blind. Mm. And not only did I learn stuff, but I also changed my own perceptions mm. based on things that I thought about. But anyway, we'll get into the episode and then mm. we'll talk about feelings after. Yeah. So... Joining us today is Donny Sunshine. Donny is a director, photographer and DJ. He's one of the founders of 3000 Ocean Hill, an East London-based collective who have collaborated with a plethora of renowned award-winning artists, creatives and designers, as well as global brands. And we have Solange and Tan, who are the founders of Milk and Honey London, two epic black girls who are storming the industry. They have a British atelier that specialises in bespoke mouth jewellery and luxury lifestyle accessories. Their clients include everyone from Steph London, Vet Street 2, KSI, and our very own Donny Sunshine, who's here. She's very happy. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi. So the first thing we like to ask everyone um, at the very beginning of the pod is how do you guys describe yourselves ethnically and culturally? So we start with Tan. I describe myself as a black woman, simple as that really. My roots are Jamaican and Bayesian, but I am born in the UK, British, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a black woman. Amazing. And Solange, what about you? So I'm actually... Born in Portugal, but uh, oh. my family's from Angola, so West Africa, Cape Verde as well. Um, so yeah, 
I would describe myself as probably, you know, black, British, African, um, mm-hmm. all kind of intertwined. Yeah. And yeah. Lovely. And Donnie? Yeah, I would describe myself as um, black, British, Caribbean. My parents are from Guyana and St. Lucia. So both Caribbean islands and countries. So that's me. Mm, amazing. Can I just say, obviously our listeners can't see, but Donnie came prepared <laughs> with his teeth <laughs> yes, in. But can you tell us, when did you get your first set, whether it's girls or gold teeth, whichever you got first, and what made you do it? I would say I got my first set, I think it was a cat or two cats that I got. I'm going to say it was the end of 2018, if mm. I'm correct. I'm not going to lie, like Milk and Honey were like one of the big influences of getting it. Like I have got, I'm sorry, we'll touch upon it later. Most of my family have gold teeth. My grandparents, my parents, aunts, uncles and stuff like that. So it's in my family. But for some reason, maybe because I'm more British than they are, I didn't really see it as accessible. Mm. And I feel like, so when I came across these lovely, talented ladies, it made it so much more accessible. And I was like, okay, cool. Because before I didn't even know how you could get it. Because like, a lot of my family grew in the Caribbean. Yeah. So I didn't know anywhere in the UK that did it as well. So I thought you had to go to a dentist and it was going to cost like thousands of pounds and it was going to be this big, long, drawn out, you know, thing. I think you have to take a tooth out. I didn't know you can get caps. I didn't really know all the ins and outs. <laughs> oh, cool. Can I just quickly ask, because you, just because you've mentioned caps, like what exactly are caps? And maybe Chan, you can explain. A cap is basically what we would call a, a one gold tooth versus grills being what would cover multiple teeth so six to eight teeth like okay. cap is like one or two teeth and it's not permanent so it's just like you pop yeah, it you in can just you can pop, pop it in out. pop it out exactly just kind of Got it. um encases your tooth donny at this stage you're now in what are we 2021 don't even know what year it is anymore how yeah. many sets do you have how many caps do you have i have three caps they're all silver like silver is my my thing so I've got a, like a general cap. I had one that was like a window, which had like a sun in it. And then we've got wow. a specialized cap that Look and Honey did for the 3000 Ocean Gang with our logo inscribed in it. And then I've got this six tooth window, as you can see here, well, people can't see, but it's like my top set. So the top set of my, my teeth are covered in silver, but it's like got a window so you can see my teeth in it. It just kind of goes around the outline of my teeth. Oh, so that's what a window oh. is. It's when you can yeah. see the rest of your tooth. Like, hello. Makes what sense. We're like five minutes <laughs> in and I'm already learning so much. Yeah. Essentially, you have like a border and then you can yes. see it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. How do you choose which ones you're going to wear? Like, why did you choose the windows today? Yeah, how did you choose It's It's an accessory. I think that's the thing that I really like about them. And I think... Like I said, that's something that I learned as I went on with Milk and Honey and seeing how they not only wore theirs and other people that got theirs, it was like, I don't know, from my family's perspective, it's something that they've had. So it's a pot, it's not, they don't have caps, they have gold teeth. So it's like, they don't come out and it's what they rock. Whereas like the new generation or this younger generation now, I kind of, we wear it like jewelry, you know, like you might change your earrings or your chains or whatever. So depending on what I'm wearing, sometimes it's a full grill moment. Sometimes it's a tooth moment. Sometimes no, you know, no grill or anything. It just depends on how I'm feeling and what I'm wearing that day and what complements it. Do you think because you're in the creative industry, effectively you can do what you want and wear what you want? I'd assume you don't feel as much judgment if you work like in an office, right? Definitely. Because to be fair, I used to be in an office. So I've been freelance for the last year. And before Mm -hmm. this, I worked for a production company. So even though I was in the creative industry, I was in an office Monday to Friday. Mm -hmm. And I generally wouldn't wear my grill. I could. There were times where I would if I was going out after or like I was popping in or out or something. But generally I wouldn't. But I think maybe now going back into an office I probably would 
in the creative industry, but I think at the time I kind of placed a stigma on myself on what was professional. I'm doing quotation marks. Mm. I keep remembering on the podcast. <laughs> professional. <laughs> so I feel like in my mind, I felt like that on the occasion that I wore them, it was always complimented. It was never seen as anything negative. So I think it's something that I had Amazing. in my own head. Yeah. Amazing. Solange, why did you guys start Milk and Honey? And when did you start? We started Milk and Honey like years ago. So Milk oh, and Honey is like literally forever. It was. It was oh, a pipe you. dream. <laughs> to be honest, I think that life kind of just happened and we both found ourselves in a situation where we both had had caps and we both had lost them at the time. And then we was just like, we want, a, we want more. But at the same time, we wanted to kind of really explore what we could do with it. Coming from a design yeah. background, coming from that kind of that kind of sector like we just anything that we could do and we could do creatively we was just like let's do it so it was mm-hmm. it was kind of fusing the two because we was always been into fashion and jewelry and collecting and all of that stuff and then this opportunity basically came about where we was going to be able to fuse the creative side of what we do and what we like and then kind of bring that into the fashion and jewelry element of it. So yeah, we had the grill, we lost our grills. Then we kind of were like, okay, we want to make something. We want to make a new grill, but like, what can we do? Who can we go to? Where do we go? And we found out, I think through that process that it was a lot harder to source it at the time. So we just kind of went back and forth and just tried to find ways in which we could get it made and we could get it like bespoke and we could get it to our standard basically and there just wasn't anyone around so then we decided to you know what like kind of step into that yeah and then we yeah milk and honey was birthed basically (laughs) i love that you're based in hatton garden so obviously like that is the place in london Mm. that has all of the history of british jewelry i suppose donnie you you did say it's like jewelry it's like accessories but do you see it as jewelry you both, in fact, I have to also flag that both of you are wearing a lot of metal anyway. Like, <laughs> so jewellery must be your thing and metal accessories must be your thing personally. It's definitely jewellery. We class it as mouth jewellery. It's a form of self-expression. The same way, you know, you would self-express through wearing rings, earrings, like like Donnie said. Yeah. And I've always, I've always loved jewellery. Similar to Donnie, family you know, gold teeth, rings, grandma, like Jamaican women, church, mm. women in church, like mm. wearing their gold teeth and coming. I, I literally tell this story all the time coming from Sunday school and and seeing the Jamaican women sitting in the pews with their gold teeth and just being so flipping <laughs> scared of them. <laughs> just thinking that they're going to beat me if I do something wrong. There's just that essence of like culture within gold teeth. Um, that yeah. we have really wanted to tell that story from the birth of Milk and Honey, really. I love that. Yeah. And I guess for you guys being women, being women in a predominantly, it's always, it's weird with grills and gold teeth. You think of it as male jewellery. It's not actually seen mm-hmm. as female jewellery. And I, I mean, also, you can more attest Also, it's funny that Tan, you referenced the aunties in mm, the Yeah, as soon as you said that, it's so interesting. A hundred percent. Like there, there are, you know, like my uncle's got gold teeth. There are, a lot of men have gold teeth, mm-hmm. but I always remember the women for some reason. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. especially me and Solange, like we, we set out to do this partly because we are women and there mm-hmm. was no one that was catering for us. It was like a lot of the, you know, there were a few grill companies out at the time and like, 
they were all very just like really just kind of came for the roadman, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and there was no like just luxury, you know, like no one was really speaking to us, and that's why we created Milk and Honey so that we could speak to to women and men and anyone like us. Donny, is that almost what drew you to Milk and Honey versus the other providers of grills that we have in London? Definitely, 100%. I think identifying as a queer black man, um, there's certain spaces that I still don't feel 100% comfortable in, places mm-hmm. that are like hyper-masculine and, you know, mm-hmm. and grills and like gold teeth are still to some degree synonymous with that. So finding yeah. a company that was run by women for me also automatically made me more comfortable to know that mm-hmm. I can go and do, I can be in this space. I don't have to, you know, create this energy. Like for me, I always say, luckily I have long hair and I kind of do mm-hmm. it myself. But I remember being younger and going to the barbershop and being in that space and then you feel very anxious. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of black women feel that anxiety being in the barbershop because it's such a hyper-masculine space. That's kind of like what I felt like going to one of the other spaces that created this would have been like. So I wasn't, you know, really looking to go there so I feel like finding somewhere that catered to everyone and I think like what they said as well is like even though they're run by women they I know men I know women I know queer people straight people that feel comfortable in that space and I think that's what was important for me to feel comfortable there too yeah I think you're right Donnie when you touched on the fact that these are quite male-dominated spaces and it can can be quite intimidating. Mm. I think we both learned that the hard way because when we came into the sector it was just kind of like nobody really wanted to take us seriously I think um Mm. and it's like no one really thinks of the longevity of the business because they're kind of like ah you know they're passing they're coming and going but Mm. we wanted to bring grills to girls like that was one of the things that we set out for we was like we're girls we like this do you know what I mean like how do we make it more accessible like how do we make it cool like how do we bring Mm. our personalities out in this like creative uh even down just to being queer like I think that that's a good Mm. point because our space was inclusive and it is still mm-hmm. inclusive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was the only thing mm-hmm. that was different to the spaces that were around at the time. It was just like, yeah. we didn't even want to walk into a space where we felt like, you know, oh, this is quite daunting. You know, I'm getting my mouth, like my mold taken by this person who's not really like listening to me or really caring for what I'm like here for. Do you know what I mean, it's just kind mm-hmm. of an exchange in business, but it's not, personal do you know what I mean and I think we was able to bring that from our own experiences like we wanted to bring yeah. the personal side but also kind of keep it quite professional but still fun mm-hmm. like yeah element fun, of yeah. us I'm almost, yeah. almost imagining your studio to be like Donnie when you made the reference to the barbershop I'm like is it a vibe if it's we, a barbershop one of the key things about them is that they can take molds off of location so funny enough, the first oh. time I got my mold done, it was at um, Tiana Major Nine's music video set because um, Solange was doing something for her Casual. and it was in Hackney and she was like, okay, I'm here, come meet me. And I knew Tiana as well. So I was like, I can come on the set kind of thing. And I did it. And it was literally 10 minutes. I went and I left and it was like, so I think that's another element wow. that I've never heard about anyone. Before you have to go somewhere where with them, they can meet you somewhere and do it. I thought like the portable element of it was very, very enticing. Oh, that's actually really interesting. I wouldn't have ever, you know, your dentist is never going to come to you. You kind of, and this is like the same thing. And in dental care, you have to go too. So do you guys think that because of Milk and Honey being accessible to so many people, your demographic is a bit different? What kind of people do you have coming to you? 
For sure. I definitely think our demographic has changed because I think when we kind of came out, it was still quite rigid. Like, as in, mm-hmm. the only people that were looking for grills were, like you said, I guess, our road fucks and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a very, very old uncle or something that already had a gold tooth <laughs> like 20 years ago. But I think that just putting ourselves out there has shown mm-hmm. Like so many people, so like people that walk through our doors every day, are just so different, and they 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 span from you know your eighteen year old just like just left college or going to college and all of that to you know maybe a fifty year old like she's had her grandchildren like she's just come back and she wants mm-hmm. to kind of and get her life back. She wants something different, <laughs> which is always good to see because my last client actually that came by and to collect her niece brought her to the shop actually it was a surprise because mm-hmm. she always wanted to go oh, to wow. she always wanted a window and she came she got the impression done she came like two weeks after to collect it with her fiance who's like mm-hmm. probably like five years older than her maybe about 55 I'm gonna say and <clears throat> he was just like sitting there looking over at her like I can't believe you went and got this done and she was just so happy <laughs> and she, you know I mean, from the youngest person to like the person you least expect. Do you know what I mean? To be fair, that's the kind of like mid- midlife crisis um, kind of activity <laughs> that we can do. Right? <laughs> it's not a tattoo. It's not yeah. a belly button piercing. Like it it's, it's just something that can be taken off, put away, put back there on. You go. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Have you guys ever turned anyone away or said no to anyone? Like, and if so, why? I'm going to say no, I don't think so. <laughs> not, not, not that I can remember. Um, no, not really. Part of, part of the inclusivity is everyone should have cats <laughs> and This is it, this is it. Everyone's welcome. Johnny, what do you think? Because gold teeth, grills, they are a fashion accessory. We've seen everyone from the Kardashians to Miley Cyrus to Katy Perry wearing grills. But do you think that it's important for people to know the cultural significance of um gentle jewellery before they wear it? Definitely. I think it's very important for you to know where things come from. And I always say there's a fine line between appreciation and appropriation. And that line kind of is where you take the consideration to learn and understand the history, to celebrate it. Yeah. And not to mock it, not to you know, not to see it something as a joke or as to dress up as something. So I think it's still very new in regards of like people outside of the culture embracing it. And I think like I said, with, with appropriation, it depends on how people do things because outside of jewellery, there's a lot of things that can be seen as like, okay, for some people and seen as like crossing the line for others. And I think this is something that we're going to definitely see a lot of because we see just in history, but most recently, like this newfound, um, I'll say boldness of non-Black people trying to present themselves mm-hmm. as Black. Um, and I think this is something that oh. they, something they can use as an accessory yeah. to kind of even accentuate that more. But um mm-hmm. but it's like for me, like like they would say like it isn't like what do they say money isn't real but evil or evil, it's the love of it. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's the thing with appropriation, that like you can't really look at what they're doing. They're gonna always find people are gonna find something. If they want to appropriate it, they will. So I feel like yeah. it's just but I do agree that like it it so I, I hope the history or the understanding of it is still kept and upheld. Yeah. For a lot of people who don't really know about the history of, or like dental jewellery in general, like their associations are with 
hip hop culture, maybe spanning as far as the 80s. But obviously, we know that the history goes way back to the ancient Escrutin times. And then obviously, more recent history, when we talk about freed slaves in America during Jim Crow time. I think, Donna, you mentioned your Jamaica, your family in Jamaica having... Oh, I was Jamaica. Right? So I'm, I'm sorry, oh, my sorry. family... It wasn't <laughs> Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> We're all time, Jamaican. Time. <laughs> my family in yeah. Guyana has a lot of go-to. In Guyana, well. yeah, sorry. Yeah. In Guyana. Oh, my God. Shame on me. No, it's all right. There's a lot of us in this school. It's that thing where, like... You know when someone says, I'm Nigerian, someone's like, oh yeah, um, my nanny's from Ghana. And like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're Guyanese family. Can you tell us about them? And like, I guess if you know why so many of them had gold teeth. You know what? That's actually a good question. I haven't really had the conversation with them. But this actually makes me want to spark it. It's just something that's been in my family. And it's very interesting mm. that, like, I don't really know anyone on my St. Lucian side that has gold teeth. But, like, mm. majority of my Ghanese family, like, older than me, have gold teeth. So I think it's definitely a cultural thing. And different islands and countries have different reference to it. Guyana is very rich in gold in itself. Mm. So I think that has an effect. I don't think St. Lucia has gold the way Guyana does. So I think depending on what country you're from and what, you know, what is sourced there that'll have an effect on kind of what you do with it. So I think there's that element of it. Also, it's I think as black people, it's a sign of wealth as well. Yeah. I think, you know, when you, we've been through a lot and especially when you come from humble beginnings or working class, I think whenever you have the opportunity to showcase that wealth, you do. And I feel like in the Caribbean households, I'm not sure in, in, if a lot of African households have it, but like my grandparents have like two living rooms they have like the yep. living room that people can go in and then the other yep. one with all the ornaments that no one can yeah. go in. You no, can't no, touch fish. nothing. Right. Yeah, and and, I, and it's, it's the same thing. And it's like, they mm-hmm. will have like three people sleeping in one room to have this living room that yeah. <laughs> no one can go in. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's a part of this idea of like, like I said, it's come, I think it's come down from slavery. It's come down from, you know, the emancipation and, and being able to be prideful in whatever we do have and kind of wear it with honour and mm-hmm. kind of hold our head up high and be like you know what this is what we've made of ourselves you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's actually an interesting point that I think you touched on because it's seen in I guess we can primarily say Caribbean culture is a sign of wealth probably both Caribbean and African culture ladies I guess tan more so because you said it's within your family and the women in your family it's funny how here it's seen as like a ghetto hip-hop thing Yes. Like you do it in a very ghetto hip hop way, but actually mm-hmm. you just said it's a sign of wealth. Is there some, do you think there's been a transition or is part of the cultural appropriation that people kind of want to look ghetto now? And like, it's a weird kind of like, this is cool. It's cool to look hip hop. It's cool to look street when actually in our countries, it's seen as wealthy. Do you not think in the, in the context of, and it, I hate that we're going to use the word ghetto so many times in this conversation, but like the, the ghetto in air quotes. Do you not think in that space it is still a sign of wealth? But like, yeah, it's almost, 100%. I guess, looked down upon outside of that culture because, you know, mm. obviously it's Maybe. black people wearing it. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's a tough one. With grills, like from a UK point of view, it's definitely something that we've seen in the UK from a cultural point of view that isn't, you know, my grandma or my uncle, but more of a, um, you know, hip hop music Mm -hmm. element. It's something that we've seen 
in music videos, you know, and, and coming from the US. And I think there are a lot of these things that we kind of see in the US and then we take and, and we make our own in the UK. It's just another one of those things. There's different kind of nuances to grills, I feel. For me, the main cultural element is that connection to the elders in my family, church, etc. But then you, yeah. you turn on MTV Bass and you see, you know, all of these these hip hop videos, Nelly, etc. And all these gold grills. I think that's really interesting and important is that like, Everything gets categorized into one thing, but for me, mm. I can see by how what the grill looks like, what material mm. it is, kind of it mm. kind of shows me an element of the culture. So for me, American mm. culture is like full mouth gold grills. Yeah. They have mm. diamonds, bezels. Diamonds. It's blinged yeah. out. It's like look. When I think of caps, I think more of the Caribbean. Like it's more yeah. individual right. pieces, and it's yeah. very un- it's just gold. Usually, it's not like got much anything going on with it. And then yeah. the new generation. This is like, for me, all my stuff is silver. Even windows, I haven't really seen a lot of like the old generation. Like my, my grand's got window in one of hers in the gold. But I mean, like that, I feel like kind of skips past the American side as well. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they're doing mm-hmm. it more now. But before it was all like, you'll still even see now with current rappers, like full mouth, yeah. full diamonds. That's their yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it's very rare you see, unless you're a rapper over here, you would have like full diamond because it costs a lot of money as well to be walking around with that mm-hmm. in your mouth. So I feel like there's mm. that as well. But um, so just depending on how someone wears it and what it looks like, it can give an indication of what kind of culture they come from or what, what it's referencing. Yeah, true. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I definitely would say that the UK's version of grills is kind of like, it's evolved. So mm. we no, no longer necessarily need like to cover, you know, 10 teeth all at once like top and bottom like I think that the idea is that we can have a little bit of finesse in what we do and 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 how Mm. it comes about Mm. so it's just that Mm. kind of European you know flavor of everything but when you when you think about like American fashion and where it's like where it's come from like how it is and then you think about like that European kind of flair on fashion. the same thing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially, that's what we are. Fashion. Fashion. 100%. So, <laughs> you can categorize it. You're so right, because there's so many things that we've seen on TV, and that's mm. probably how it even arrived here, really. It's just that influence, that US influence of, you know, seeing it on yeah. hip-hop artists, even down to people that we recognize here in the UK. So, like, Goldie, like, that would have been an era yeah. where, you know, he took something from a whole different place, brought it here, and then, do you know what I mean, started something else. It's pretty cool to see, to be fair. You can check it out. There is there is a guy called Eddie, and he, if you look into him, like, Eddie's gold teeth, so he originally, like, kind of kicked off the idea of, like, gold caps, gold teeth, and, like, wearing it as a fashion statement, as opposed to wearing mm. it for, like, you know, more of a cosmetic dental purpose. So you'd be able to just go to him, and he would make everything, and essentially he kind of kicked it off with all of the little Johns and the ludicrous and everything else like mm. back in the day. And he was just like a black guy just, just started it. I think it was in Atlanta. And I think he kind of just moved around the States and started to do it. His story recently just came back out about how he mm. basically pioneered the whole grill industry. And when you look at the people mm-hmm. that are doing it today, it's really crazy to see that. I mean, you have so many big names like Johnny Dang, like Asian guy. And then you have, um, like Gabby Jewelers, they're really big in, in like New York. They do a lot of stuff. So yeah, they the industry is definitely growing, but you can definitely tell that I the 
the evolution of it, if anything. Mm. And I think that they've actually mm. taken some of our spice and applied yeah, it to them. <laughs> <laughs> because the way that they're executing work now and the, the kind of levels and things that you see out there, it's a lot more experimental and, um, yeah, so mm. different to what you would have seen in, you know, in the 90s or the hip-hop stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, guys, practicalities. I need to understand the practicalities. We need to understand it. Because this is the bit where we were like, how does this work? So I need to understand, starting from the very beginning, how do you get grills? How do you get gold teeth? How long does it take? How much does it cost? Adjust everything. The entire process. So long to go. Do it again. To be honest, it's not as it's not as crazy and daunting as it actually seems. You literally just need to book an appointment. You, it just falls down to that. You book an appointment. You come and see us. We take your mold. The molding process itself doesn't take more than like fifteen minutes tops. And from that, we kind of make your bespoke piece. And you got to bear in mind everything that we're making only fits the person in which you know whose mold mm-hmm. we took. So everything is so personal, um, which is something that I guess I love about the job because we, you know we're creating things that are just like meaningful to each individual. So it's all made to order. You don't have any like ready to wear caps that are all no. molded so to your teeth. Everything is molded specifically to your teeth, your mouth. So only you can wear it. You then come back and mm. make sure that it fits and yeah, and then you're good to go. How much does this whole process cost if someone wanted to come to milk or honey, let's say, to just, you know Well a full grill. Play with the concept. <laughs> yep. I don't I don't think I mean I don't think a full grill would be the way to go, but if you someone at a window that just learned what that means, you know, how much yeah. is the process? I mean, you're looking at about anything starting from about a hundred pounds. Gotta bear in mind that each piece is probably made out of a precious metal. You just kind of go based off like the weight of it, the design, how complex it is. If you're adding any extra materials in it, so you could be adding diamonds, sapphires, you could be putting, I mean, I've seen things up to like recently where someone put like a real flower inside their grill and it kind of like glazed it. Yeah, it's crazy what you can do nowadays. You can get diamonds like drilled into your teeth. Is that something that you guys do? We don't do it just because of the actual procedure itself. But it is possible. I've only known one person to do it, <laughs> and that's ASAP Rocky. I believe he, like, <laughs> drilled holes and actually put the, the full diamond in the to- in his tooth. So it's pretty crazy. It's doable, yeah, though. We're not interested <laughs> for that still. It sounds painful and dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs a grill when you can just put the diamond straight onto your teeth? Yeah? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how about looking after your... Grills and caps. Donnie, can you tell us what your routine is? Oh <laughs> I, I actually told him he needs to come down know, the other day. I know. I know. You messaged me the other day. I was like, come and get a nice clean. And I've just been so busy recently that I haven't had the chance to. So I'm going to I'm gonna pass. I don't want to give off any wrong information. Not, I don't, don't follow what I do. So I might pass it over to Tanya. Tanya, what's, what's a good way yeah. to maintain your grills? We say that you shouldn't eat or drink with them or smoke with I them. I don't. Are you sure? 
That's I drink your mine. I, I drink your mine. But I don't eat <laughs> yeah, it. I always take it out. Okay, okay. So, yeah, we say don't eat, drink, or smoke with them for obvious reasons. It's precious metal inside your mouth. We do give mm-hmm. stirrident tablet. It's like a tablet that you just pop in some water and then you can put your grills in that and it just kind of fizzes and, and cleans the grill for you. But for an extra special clean, we usually say just come back and we'll, and we'll polish it up um, and make it perfect for you can you sleep in them no we advise not to i used to yeah um but like you know you have a bad dream one will pop off (laughs) and then it's like oh my god i swallowed it in your sleep i have i have a question from your honey i've never asked you guys before so is it all right to brush the inside of my grill because i that's what i do like with water yeah for sure because i just clean so when i brush my teeth Mm. i brush the inside of it and we recommend yeah, it, yeah. if anything. Okay. <laughs> the cereal tablet like gets into the little nooks and crannies of the mm. of the grill, but you know, brushing it, how you would take mm. care of your teeth yeah. is how you should take care just of your grill. Oral basically. cleansiness is important. Exactly. Just make sure you know that you're keeping it clean. As long as you're brushing your teeth and making sure that you're mm. brushing any kind of residue and anything that can build up in your caps, then yeah, we just definitely recommend to clean them as often as possible. So I've heard that grills can make your mouth smell. Um, oh. Is that true or is it just bad oral hygiene? Is that true? I think it's the latter. Yes. I agree. I'm like, I'm like, if your mouth's going to smell, it's going to smell. And it's going to smell. Yeah. Like, does gold smell of anything? No. So, I'd say it's definitely the I guess from a business point of view, this is probably void now because I would have said during the pandemic, would your sales have been affected? But you guys are going to people and doing malls. So you're not affected. That store is very much still open just on a in a car a moving vehicle we didn't do any drop-offs and portable sessions of anyone during the pandemic just because it was not a good idea so what we did do was create a mold kit that people could order online take their own impression and then send it to us and we could we could make um their, their girl from that um and that, and that went really that well and we're still... <laughs> it was a massive pivot it was a massive oh, pivot because we obviously as a small business you know, we saw that sales were going down because people couldn't get to us. So, mm. and we had to figure out a way to, you know, still apply that service to people. Um, wow. And yeah, we just created the market. We're still selling them because obviously we're still not out of, you know, the pandemic yet. So, um, yeah. That's so that smart. Kind of like That's so smart. Donnie, I mean, are you still wearing your set underneath your mask or are the collecting dust at home? And you're not wearing them? Um, no, I, I wear them. Not all the time. If there's mm. an opportunity that I feel like I can show it off, then yeah, I don't like <laughs> wear them if I know I'm wearing my mask all day. Mm. I think um, in a lot of my job and my line of work, because I do video production, we get like tests, tested like every day and beforehand. And then when we're shooting outside and stuff, there's opportunities where we can take our masks off from time to Fine. time. So I'm like, you know, and sometimes you want to take pictures on set as well. So that's the thing. So even I'm wearing mm. my, my mask throughout, I know I'm like, oh, I gotta look cute, you know, I gotta get you know <laughs> behind the scenes moment. So yeah, there's there's times where I will definitely wear it under, and there's times where I look like trash, and I'm like, it's a tracksuit day. I'm not, I'm gonna try to look cute in any way. <laughs> <laughs> the girl can stay at home today. So yeah, that's that. That happens. 
we have our last question, which we always ask our guests. Um, and I think, ooh. I think we will turn Donnie Solange. Oh. oh. Okay, Chan, <laughs> the question is, mm-hmm. when did you first realise that you were beautiful? Oh, that's so nice. Probably like... <laughs> Yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) What happened yesterday? Tell us. (laughs) No, no, not yesterday. I mean, it's probably quite a recent endeavor, probably in the past couple of years, if I'm honest. I I got into a relationship. I've got a girlfriend and she tells me that I'm beautiful every day. So uh, I think that's when I found out. Until then, I didn't think so. Shout out to your girlfriend. Exactly. Thanks, girlfriend. Big up her. And Donnie, what about you? When did you know you were beautiful? I would say in my mid-20s, I think. As cliche as it sounds, I feel like it's when I came out. I came out in my mid-20s. And Mm. before then, I would think I was hiding to myself. There's so much cliches I'm going to throw in this, but (laughs) I feel like I... (laughs) It came from within. I felt like there was a lot of elements of myself that I didn't really put into the world because I didn't want to share that because of fear and all these other things. So it's like mm-hmm. when I literally came out and I started being more of myself and allowing the world to see that, I think that's when I got that back. And then I just felt beautiful to myself as well because, yeah, I was happy. So that made a big difference. Oh, I love that. when did I realize I was beautiful I think when I realized that I was different and that kind of came early but it was a double-edged sword so it was kind of like I'm different but I kind of hadn't figured out what that meant and what that meant to me so when I think when that kind of changed and I realized you know like my background's different like my my likes are different and Everything about me was just kind of different, I guess, to the people that I was around. And that essentially became the reason that I kind of fell like in love with myself. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Why yeah. and how I got to that space. So, yeah. And I think it's a journey. I also think that it's a journey. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. definitely mm-hmm. in a part of my life where I'm still figuring that out. And mm-hmm. it's just yeah. a reminder in small things. So, yeah, it's, it's an everyday mm-hmm. thing. It's just being around people with good energy, and that is how I know. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. I love that. So, you guys, as we end, so that people can find you, know where you are, know what you guys are up to, what you're doing next, can, we tell, can you tell our audience where can people can find you on the internet and anything that you have coming up that people should be looking out for? Go on, Donny. You can catch me on Instagram on Donny, D O N N I E underscore sunshine. I'm also one third of a collective called 3000 Ocean Hill. You can find us on Instagram too, 3000, and then we use the O to be the ocean hill. And then the same, we have a website, www.3000oceanhill, where everything is on there. You can find our mixes, you can find podcasts, you can find the photography, everything. So pretty much the website is the way to go. And Tan and Solange, what about you guys? Where can we find you guys? You can find us at milkandhoney.london on Instagram. I am Tan Too Much on Instagram as well, and Solange. So you can find me on Instagram as well, so at SO, but... E double S H and then underscore O. Or you can just go straight onto our website, www.milkandhoneylondon.com. You'll see all our projects on there. You see everything that 3000 Ocean Hill done on there. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am sold. <laughs> 
I said I think several I times too. throughout that. When we were going into that conversation, I did not expect to leave it and be like, yes, I, I want to adorn my teeth. Yeah, I think that cap thing, what was it they called it with the window? I just thought the ca- cool. The window caps. Or, the window caps. Yeah. yeah, I want that. I think I have to address the fact that before going into this conversation, I mm. had a very specific viewpoint of what grills and gold teeth were like the people who wore them and to be honest I have to admit that there was like this you know when we talk about the internalized oppression within mm-hmm. like the black community mm-hmm. where you kind of keep yourself away from something because it has negative connotations that you have adopted yeah. um through society and I just want to I just want to say that I stand corrected and mm-hmm. I'm just so happy that coming to the end of the episode like even my mindset has completely changed yeah that's really nice and and also very vulnerable for you to admit I guess for me I never really thought anything of it I just always was a bit like yeah like this it's not for me but it's something that people do and like like anything else like good for you do what you want but I'd never thought of doing it myself I would have never thought of getting it myself but now I'm kind of into it so um yeah maybe I will I put that down to Alizé Demange and Leah Abbott, though. Every single time I see their teeth, they're both those two ladies. Mm. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. <laughs> I'm not. I cool know, but they're that. almost like too cool. I think yeah, that's that's cool also which isn't necessarily oppression as such, but it's like it's I suppose it's self oppression. But mm. actually, why the fuck not? Yeah, I hear ya. Go get your caps and go get your girls, guys. Is the memo of this story. <laughs> Or just do you. Or just do you, exactly. And it seems like it'd be a really fun experience just to hang out with everyone as well. Like, they make it a very community vibe, which I really love. Yes. Do you know what? Obviously, following an episode, I always go in and do a deep dive. So um, I looked up Eddie's gold teeth. And actually, I'm so, so grateful to Solange for mentioning him. um, Because obviously when we're approaching our episodes we do research but he actually didn't come up in any of our research which is terrible and actually I found a very recent story on we present which is we transfers like content platform mm-hmm. profiling Eddie's gold teeth and actually mm-hmm. within that story it, it mentions how you know so often he isn't given the credit that he deserves mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. really bringing to the spotlight the gold teeth and grills phenomenon yeah true it was a bit of an education Um, wasn't it it was but I found a video on YouTube of Eddie like talking about like his um shop Mm. and honestly it was a vibe oh really (laughs) it has like I want to watch that I'll send it to you and I'll also obviously as ever we'll put anything in our show notes so you guys can also have a look to see what we've read but yeah it had like barbershop vibes and I think Mm. for me I kind of I relate to what you know everyone was saying about the intimidating nature of a barbershop and I think a hair salon doesn't have the same the same kind of energy like yes some do Mm. but I don't know like I love the idea of barbershops, but anytime mm-hmm. I've had my hair done in a space like that, it I just don't feel like super comfortable because sure, it's yeah. like so fueled with testosterone. So I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely heading down to Milk and Honey. Are you though? When are you go when are you gonna do that? Because I want to watch you do this. 
Are you gonna, gonna stick do to it. your word? You said you've said it on the podcast now, so you have to stick to your word. I said it on the podcast. I also said I was gonna get a tattoo last season. I'm still True. I'm still doing that. Like, mm-hmm. what else are we month? getting done? There was something else. I'm getting a wig. What else am I doing? I feel like doing this podcast makes us both spend money. <laughs> <laughs> do you right? know what I was thinking the other day? Do you mm. think that we should have like an unpretty festival or something oh where we actually get all of these people in and <gasps> everyone can like get their caps fitted, oh, God, get hair, so cool. get a tattoo, get a weave? I love like, that idea. We can get Charlotte Mentor doing the hair. We can get slider cuts, cutting a fade. Like I'm genuinely obsessed <laughs> with this idea. This is a great idea. Let's let's. Find I mean. That. If our listeners would be into that, let us know. Yeah, obviously it's a massive thing to organise. We're at the tail end of a global pandemic, so (laughs) you know, wouldn't happen for a long time anyway. Yeah, but still, strong idea. I'm into it. Well, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, and until next time. Until next time. The Unbrave Podcast is hosted by Chi Yufuriyama and Basma Khalifa. Produced by Kadine Bissett and Ayo Sule. Our artwork was created by Zenia Geller and soundtrack by Enoch Kolo. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, make sure you've subscribed on your chosen podcast listening platform. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate us so more people can find us. And follow us on at Unpretty Podcast on Instagram and Twitter for more updates. Until next time.